Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 106 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Brendan Escott in all week for Bob Stopper. Hope he's enjoying a well-deserved vacation. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Keep those texts coming, 780-496-0063. That's our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors have been providing winning results for over 35 years. You can also call on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Still to come at 135, we're going to link up, uh, I believe for the first time on this show, uh, with uh, Katie Caldwell, who's a freelance uh, sports journalist uh, with contributions to NHL Network Radio, uh, Sportsnet 650 down in Vancouver. We're going to talk Canucks at 135, but not before we link up again with Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses, Horse Racing Alberta, who present live racing each Friday and Sunday evening. To comply with AHS regulations, spectators are limited at this time, but you can go online to hpibet.com to watch and wager. So, Spec, uh, we are going to get into Calgary a little bit here, but I want to talk to you about uh, Colorado-Dallas. I watched the game last night. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, Dallas was the beneficial shall we say of uh, of a pretty we call it the TSN turning point right that that call that didn't go to Corey Perry and instead went to Sam Gerrard to me flipped that game on its head after a pretty ugly first period from Dallas did you watch and what did you see well I did watch and and you know what like different eyes are going to see that call go different ways right I get what the official saw I get why they make the call, and I get why you can look at it and go, hey, hang on a second, the wrong guy got that penalty. Funny how those things always involve Corey Perry, Brendan, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's almost like he's out there trying to accomplish exactly that. Yes, isn't it? You think he almost means for it to go that way. But, you know, like this is the essence of playoff hockey. You don't always get breaks. You don't always get the call you want. You, you know, and then the next time you get, you know, that puck that bounces in off of Radulov, you get a lucky goal like that. So no one gets it 
no one gets everything they want in the playoffs. Say, uh, I think of San Jose and Vegas last year. You know, San Jose, uh, Vegas got a bad stroke of luck on that on that call, but that didn't mean they had to give up three power play goals. <laughs> you know, you got to suck it up, right? Because you're going to get some bad mm-hmm. breaks. You're going to get some stuff you don't deserve. And if if Colorado didn't deserve that, we could we could say that. But you know what? Suck it up, man. Kill a penalty, and. That's really how. That's how the, the winning teams, the teams that are still standing, are the teams that deal with the bad breaks. Right? Is that not fair? Yeah, I completely agree with that, and, and you are exactly right. Colorado, as Phil uh, Fear the Finn here has pointed out on our text line, Colorado had uh, eight power plays last night in, in to, compared to Dallas's three. You know, so it's not as if they weren't given chances to win the game. They're not getting any production depth wise. I mean, Nazem Kadri uh, not scoring. The only person who really seems to be scoring is Nathan McKinnon, and by virtue of that, so are his line mates, but nobody else. So Colorado can look long and hard in the mirror and blame them themselves for what's gone on to be down two games in this series they didn't benefit necessarily last night but yeah i think they can be asking themselves a lot of those same questions too don't you oh for sure dallas is getting depth scoring and that's again that's another tenet of playoff hockey right is the old cliche the new hero every night you know it's not going to be the same guy every night the oilers are a great example of this they need more you know offensive contributors that aren't wearing the number 29 and 97 and that's it that again look back when the playoffs are you know nearing the end and there's only four teams left and you'll look down their scoring list and you'll see a whole bunch of guys with two goals and three goals and you know four points and uh and the teams that that are top heavy it doesn't work this isn't the nba man if this was basketball the orders would be a stanley cup team right now <laughs> You know, it's not. It takes 20 guys, and the longer we go in the playoffs, the more important the depth becomes. And you're right. You know, like Kadri was fabulous in the last round. Uh, I mean, he just crushed Arizona, and I, I have faith, I think, that he will play some pretty good hockey yet here, but he better start quick because his club's down 2 0. Talk about that pairing of Jamie Alexiak and Merrill Haskinen. They seem to complement each other so well. I, I didn't forecast Alexiak, especially considering, I mean, they traded they traded him away for a fourth rounder, and then they traded that same fourth rounder back to Pittsburgh to pick him up. And now he's complimenting the best defenseman in the playoffs, at least based on Haskinen's play, um, and, and eating a ton of minutes for Dallas as well. I mean, they're benefiting from having that top pair basically breaking out in the playoffs at the same time. Yeah, and don't give Dallas too much credit because if they thought he was that good, they wouldn't have dealt him away in the first place. <laughs> so, it's true, but Haskin and they did spend a pretty high draft capital on, and that paid off. Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, that's just a good draft, and, and this kid is, oh, my God, you know, watching him play every night and getting the chance to go to the rink and watch him play live every night. He's just, I mean, you know, we all knew he was good. But there's something about playoff hockey that makes uh, everyone's level goes up, and he's still the best defenseman out there. Uh, you know, this is just, he's one of the young guys. He's one of the new young group here with Quinn Hughes, with Kale McCarr. Uh, you know, there's these young guys that the orders would kill to have someone that's in that elite group of defensemen. Uh, Heiskin is going to be there for a long, long time in Dallas, man. He's a good, good player.
you have to draft and develop those players. You don't trade for those players. I hate yep. to say this, Phil, but you know, ask San Jose how the whole Carlson thing worked out and trying to trade for that type of blue chipper. It doesn't work like that. So if your Oilers fans sitting there saying, hey, maybe we should look at moving out Bouchard or Broberg, I'm here to tell you, man, if you look around the league and the way the teams are being built now, no way. Because even though we're not saying that much about Kale McCarr, Mark, he played 27 minutes minutes last night you know he's being overshadowed by the guy on the other team but he's also you know in his first uh, kick at the can or second kick at the can in the playoffs here he's still doing what they need him to do as well so uh, yeah don't trade Philip Broberg and don't trade Evan Bouchard if you think that this is what the Oilers need moving forward yeah I mean I'm not sure that either one of those guys is you know I'm going to guess right now that neither one of those guys is going to be no. quite in the stratosphere but they're both you know the owners are doing what they, sh- you know, they they did what they should be doing. When they picked Bouchard, they picked what they thought was the best defenseman available at that moment. Same with Broberg. Good idea, you know. And, and let's say, like, look at Colorado, right? They had too many guys. They had so many good defensemen. They're able to trade Tyson Berry for the Cadre trade that they really needed. That player, he's made him a way better team, uh, you know. And and they still got, uh, you know, the, the Gerard kid is a very nice defenseman. Uh, obviously, they've got Kale McCarr, and they've got Byron uh, Boehm coming out of Vancouver. So you, there's no such thing as having too many of these guys. You know, so I guess what I'd say to you, Brandon, is no, the owners shouldn't treat those guys because they don't have enough of them. You know, <laughs> finally, Broberg and Bouchard, you know, is Bouchard ready next year? I don't even know that. But, no, I'm not trading either one of those guys. I think that Broberg is going to turn out to be even a better player than Bouchard. And, and maybe, ten, you know, six years from now, those guys are your best pairing, a lefty-righty defenseman that you drafted both of. And we'll be laughing at the thought someone said it's a good idea to trade them. Yeah, I totally agree. We're chatting with Sportsnet's Mark Spector right now for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. A reminder, uh, they present live racing every Friday and Sunday evening, but to comply with those AHS regulations, spectators are limited. You can still go online, hpibet.com to watch and wager. One last thought on Dallas. Uh, Rick Bonus taking over this team mid-season from Jim Montgomery, and, and clearly right now, anyway, the Stars are responding. Uh, the Stars Stars on the stars are responding well to Bonus's message. Uh, kind of a feel-good story in that sense. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, Bones is one of those guys that everyone in the hockey world loves. Him. He's one of the nicest, best people in the game. Uh, just a genuine, been around forever, and a hell of a guy. But uh, listen, Dallas is that team. Like I've been picking Dallas to be good for about five years now, and then they, they never seem to be right. They've they've wrecked many a hockey pool like the San Jose Sharks about <laughs> 10 years ago. Uh, I always thought, uh, every time I look at that lineup, I go, man, that's a great looking lineup. I'm going to pick them to win this series, and they never do. So, that team needed, you know, I don't know, you tell me, is it X and O's that they need? I think they have a lot of good players who are suddenly playing their best under Rick Bonus. I think they just need the right, you know, they needed a, a the right doctor to look at that patient and be able to figure out what was wrong with it because the pieces have been there in my opinion for some time it's not like they made a whole bunch of new deals here you know they've had the pieces but they've underachieved and give rick bonus credit man he figured out how to get them to achieve i thought colorado would i'd pick colorado to win this series and right now they're down to nothing so you know what rick bonus i don't know if he'll be the head coach there next year i don't know if he wants to be the head coach there next year but for a lifetime assistant 
for him to walk in and have the keys to the car the way he has in Dallas, I think that's just a great story. I think there's something to be said too, Spec, for a lot of guys there who who have just been around the league for so long. Like their depth players aren't like there's a couple explosive ones, like say Arupe Hints, for example. But yeah. I mean, their depth players are Cogliano and Blake Como and and guys like that who have have been around and for better or worse seen a lot of NHL action and, and voices of reason around the room. Which here in Edmonton, I I don't know that you can ever accurately say that that's sort of the cure for what ails them. But hey, man, I think that there was. A a big difference made when you had a Mike Smith and a James Neal in that room. And if you're looking at bringing either one of those guys back or both, that's probably going to be a big reason why you're looking at doing that. I mean, you got to have people who have been there before, right? And Dallas has that throughout the lineup. Yeah, don't forget Corey Perry. Too, yes, exactly. Right? Uh, see, that's a, an inherent disadvantage for the Edmonton Oilers is those players tend not to choose to end their career in a place like Edmonton. You know, those players who've played it out wherever they've been, uh, you know, they all, I mean, Cox and Perry from Anaheim and, you know, guys coming, Como's been all over the map. Uh, those guys tend to say, you know what, there's, it's, it's Dallas is a big metro center. There's way less media pressure. The weather's awesome. The tax situation, there's no state tax. All of those things draw the older player to a place like that, to a place even a, you know, if they want to win. So that's why you're not seeing a lot of those guys land in Arizona or Florida so often. But you sure do see them land in a place like Dallas. You sure do see them land in a place like Anaheim. And I'm here to tell you, I'm a lifetime Edmontonian. Uh, the older I get, the more likely I am to choose a warm place over a cold place in the winter. And that's just something the Oilers are going to have to. That's it's just a reality in the world here, in our world, in the Oilers' world. They don't get the Coglianos and the Perrys and the Comos as much, and and they're lucky when they get a chase on. I think because he's that guy. He's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil's a different story because he was a contract dump and he came with a huge ticket. Uh, but it's another reason why you like Mike Smith. Like I, I think Mike Smith brings. Brandon, you've been in that room. Like he's an alpha dog. He's a he's a leader. He's a he's a you know he's got a ton of confidence. Uh, he injects a lot of swagger into the Oilers dressing room that I think made them a better team this year. What do you think? I completely agree with that notion. He was somebody that they could almost look to as the Papa Bear when things were going wrong, even if it was just to answer questions in the media and to do so in a way that almost shielded the rest of the team. Smith was a valuable piece of that puzzle in that room. And so to that end, of course, I can see them re-upping with him if the price is right, even for one more year at 38. What I would worry about if that happens, though, is how quickly people would turn, not necessarily in the room, but definitely outside of the room, how quickly people would turn on Smith should the performance slip for any significant stretch of time, like we saw it do you know, in November, December. If that happens next, say, February or March, then Koskinen's got to shoulder a lot more of the load, and then they're in trouble like we saw a couple years ago. So, yeah. you know, that's I guess the, uh, the good and the bad that comes with Mike Smith. I do want to quickly touch, before we let you go, Mark Spector, on his former team, that is the Calgary Flames. They had their uh, garbage bag day earlier this week if you want to call it that and um eric francis your your colleague down south uh, south in the qe2 never really won to mince words and he had some pretty choice ones for johnny goudreau do you believe johnny hockey is done in calgary um you know 
I'm going to say this. Johnny Goodrell will be shopped in Calgary. He is available in Calgary. And if there's a deal there that Brad Trilliving likes, he will get traded out of Calgary. But it's, it's just too easy to sit here and say, he's out of there. Because, you know, try to look at the deal, look at the player, what he makes, uh, where he is in his career. You know, he, this is a guy that he's a, he can be a 90-point player. So uh, it's hard to, you know, you got to get value. You can't just dump that guy. You need a ton of value for him, I, and I get it. He doesn't produce in the playoffs. He hasn't produced in the playoffs. But uh, so I guess what I'm saying to you, Brandon, is it's a complex trade. I get why Calgary wants to make it. Their core, you know, you just you, you just need a something's got to happen there. You know, they're becoming a good regular season team that's a lousy playoff team, and and that's not good enough for any town. Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, no one wants that. So I think that that. Johnny Goodrow will be absolutely available. And now the question becomes, you know, is there a suitor out there that's willing to bring in that ticket and that player and trade out his value from their lineup for a guy that everybody knows is real good in the regular season and not that great in the playoffs? Are you going to get value for that guy, Brennan? What do you think? I'm really curious how the value of someone like Goudreau has changed based on the fact that Toronto just fetched a first rounder for Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, I don't know how much of a direct parallel can be drawn in those scenarios, but that makes me wonder. I mean, if if you're getting a first round pick back from a basically a third line right winger and you're talking about somebody whose ceiling is say 90 points in the regular season like I don't know that anybody's going to cough up the cash to get him out of Cowtown if that's how it's going to be but one of the things that Francis said was that he didn't like that Goudreau sort of sloughed things off and said you know we we thought we played okay and and interpreted that as Goudreau not taking um, you know the accountability for what was a lackluster performance. Let's call a spade a spade. Not only by him, Monaghan needed to step up too, right? But to me, they have firmly taken second seat in Calgary to Matthew Kachuk in more areas than one around that team. So I don't know. Do you think that maybe there's a, a bit something to be said, I suppose, for the lack of of heart or desire, and maybe that's why he's fallen out of favor, Johnny Goudreau? I mean. Well, it's hard to say. It's hard to know with media interviews. You know, like, I always am very, very careful uh, to judge a guy off how he, what he says on a podium or in the media. You know what? I, I didn't like what Connor McDavid said after the year. He had tons of points, and he was the best offensive player and all that. But I felt like the gravity of losing to Chicago, I thought his quotes were sort of like, well, you know, we played some good games and some bad games, and we didn't win. and uh, I, I didn't use any of the quotes in my copy because I don't think they, they, how would I say, I don't think they accurately reflected what he really felt. I think that he's a guy, I'm just using him as an example, he's a captain, so he has to speak all the time, but I don't think he always uh, reflects what he's really feeling. And I thought, I didn't want to use quotes that made it look like he didn't care because I think we all know Conor McDavid cares. So if we're judging Johnny Goodrow on something he says in the press, I'm, I'm immediately skeptical of that. But I'll tell you what, I want to know what's going on in that room. I want to know that he truly does, that he's there is another level, you know, because the stat sheet tells me there isn't another level. The stat sheet tells me that him and Monaghan, to a lesser extent, are really good at the regular season level, and when everything gets more intense and the checking gets harder, they don't have enough gain. And that's a huge problem, and that's something that Brad Living should know by now. Jeff Ward should know. Mark Giordano for sure knows. 
And it's up to the people inside that Calgary Flames organization to get a handle on. Do we have a guy that's a good regular season player and that's all he is? Or do we think we know some things we can do to, to get find? You know, Pavel Datsuk was a lousy playoff player for his first couple playoffs, too. Then he turned into Pavel Datsuk. So, <laughs> you know, I want to know on Goodrow, is he Pavel Datsuk or is he a guy that just doesn't have any game? I better know it before I make the deal. All right, Spec, really appreciate the insights. I'll let you go here, and uh, thanks for, uh, for checking in here on your regular Tuesday appearance. All right, thanks, Brandon. Take care. You too. That is Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses Horse Racing Alberta. Let's take a timeout, come back with the James H. Brown Injury Report. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. But outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. They will provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase and will continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or go online to brentridge.com. All right, a couple games tonight, Cody. Let's check the injury report for our friends at James H. Brown. Uh, Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. You mentioned one earlier, Lightning going to be missing a piece of their blue line. Yeah, let's start with that early game there. Nothing major for Boston so far for Tampa. The Bolts, they're still without Steven Stamkos, along with uh, defenseman Ryan McDonough, left game one in the third period. Not in the lineup tonight. Then the late one between Vancouver and Vegas, so the Canucks still looking a little bit beat up. Um, no, It doesn't seem like Tyler Myers or Tyler Toffoli are going to be in. Both of them are still day-to-day. Michael Furland yet to return, obviously left the bubble against Minnesota. For the Golden Knights, uh, Thomas Nosek, questionable for tonight's game as well. All right. Um, let's get to a couple text messages here. 780-496-0063 is the number. Sean says, you can keep Mike Smith, but if you do, you have to upgrade Koskinen. You can't come back next year with the same duo. That is the issue. Well, Sean, the problem with that is that Koskinen's got the term, and Smith is an upcoming unrestricted free agent. So uh, that, that forces the hand of the organization. I do believe that there is mutual interest to be had between Smith and the Oilers, if that's the right fit, though it's pretty obvious that they're going to be looking to get younger at that position because realistically, you know, the future and goal, if it is to be a Stuart Skinner or an Olivier Rodrigue, we're talking what, five, six, seven years down the line, especially for Rodrigue. So, you know, I don't know that Koskinen's going to be able to do that as, as the guy for that long. So, you may then have to actually prioritize bringing in somebody like a Matt Murray, who, by the way, I mean, it's not just like Pittsburgh is saying, oh, geez, we have a surplus at goaltender. No, they need to get value back so they don't get pooched the way that they did when Marc-Andre Fleury left that team. They have to trade one of these guys so that Seattle doesn't have their newest goaltender coming out of the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise, right? So, hey, if Jari was great in the regular season and then Murray stole that job back and then Murray was the guy they didn't get out of the the qualifying round of the playoffs I know but they went back to him so maybe it is Jari that shakes loose don't forget about Casey DeSmith in that net either plenty of options for the Oilers to pick through out in Pittsburgh we're talking Canucks when we come back with Katie Caldwell freelance sports reporter right now though we're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.